Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Time for What's Going On, brought to you today by our friends at Jimmy's Flowers. Valentine's Day is coming fast, and you got to know the flowers make the perfect gift. So place your order today. Get out in front of the game at Jimmy's Flowers. Get them delivered. Jimmy's Flowers with locations in Ogden, Layton, and Bountiful. Also, jimmysflowers.com. That's Jimmy's Flowers. Uh, get that done. You got your, your Valentine's Day stuff done, Gordon? No, I don't. Haven't haven't gone down that road yet? Nope, I have not. I haven't either. This is, you- um, my wife just had a birthday, so I call this the gauntlet of gift giving. Where I have, <laughs> I have Christmas, birthday, Valentine's Day, like bam, 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 right in a row. So I got a, I, I'm almost done with it. I got two out of three down, one more to go. So what do you usually opt for uh, on the Valentine's uh, thing? Oh, whatever she wants. A coupon book for a back rub? <laughs> Are you, oh, well, you? I, in all seriousness, Jimmy's Flowers is always, uh, yeah, and, and this is option. that way with you too, Gordon. That's, that's always part of it, yeah. some flowers from Jimmy's. But on top of that, you know, I like do a little something extra. In the past, we've actually uh, just said, hey, we're not going to get each other anything. We're going to do something for the house. So we <laughs> might actually do that again. Oh, like get right. some well, like furniture or something. But see, you guys are good at that teamwork thing. I like that. You know, you talk to each other and and say this is what works for me, or this I'd prefer to uh, you know use resources for that. And that's just that's just good good solid teamwork. Yeah. So anyway, Jimmy's flowers make it make it a part of your Valentine's. Trust me, she'll love it. Uh, all right, Gordo, let's get to what's going on. We check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. Let's change it up a little bit. Let's uh, check in with Hans and Scotty first. They had Tim Lacombe, my co-host for Jazz Pre, Half and Post, and, of course, former BYU and Utah coach, uh, talked about the Jazz and if the perimeter shooting is sustainable. I want to talk about the Jazz on the perimeter and what they're doing right now hitting at 40.3% as a team. And I was talking to Scotty about this earlier. You've got right now, you've got five guys that are above 40% shooting from three. And that doesn't include Boyan Bogdanovich. Boyan comes in at number six at 37.7. Donovan at 40.6. Clarkson at 40.9. Conley at 42.2. Ingles at 42.6, and Royce O'Neal averaging just over four attempts per game at 46.2% from three. Is this sustainable, what we're seeing them do on the perimeter? Is it sustainable against no matter what defense you see or, or what team in the long run percentage-wise? Well, yeah, I, I, I think it is because a couple of things. I think uh, the Jazz did a great job of assembling a very, very deep cast of shooters and then they they kind of made that hard step the next step was you got to really play to it and um right out of the gates first game of the year portland you know i was sitting there with jake watching it uh after pregame and we sat and watched that thing and it was noticeably different at the pace of play that transition uh you know transition opportunities and particularly transition threes we're really going to kind of be a thing. Um, you know, we all talked last year and years past about the blender and how that all kind of gets started with pick and roll and reacting to Rudy rolling uh, and how the defense is going to play that. The Jazz have just added another wrinkle and they're pushing the ball uh, on misses and they're getting as deep as they can for kickouts. 
And then the be- beautiful part is, you know, this is a team that now has a, a five-man and four shooters always on the floor. Um, and that's a real luxury to have in the NBA if you watch it night in and night out. There's just not another team that's kind of built like this. Um, the Jazz have really created their own club. It's the 40-40 club. They're taking uh, 41.63s a game and making 40% of 40.3% of them. Um, but what's interesting, and Locke made this point after the game the other night, it was kind of a, a Locke pop quiz, and I actually passed it, so I'm really excited. Um, but after the game, he said, look at the box score, Jake and Tim, and tell us, tell me what stands out to you tonight, because it really was the Jazz best performance the other night, through three quarters, and then they emptied the bench. Um, but you look at those numbers across the bottom of the page, they took 53s, which is a little high, you know, for what they're typically shooting, but that's a good number for this team. Any more than 40 they can get is great because they're taking the right ones. Um, but everything along that line, stat line at the end of the game was totally stuff we've seen all year long. And so that leads to me to believe it's sustainable. Now, will a guy probably here and there go through a shooting slump? Yeah, that's just part of basketball. Um, but I think for all intents and purposes, the way the Jazz are playing um, and the way they're getting these shots, they're not dribbled into. Uh, most of the shots are catch and shoot. Um, you know, Bojan had an unbelievable assist night the other night. And, um, you know, most of the shots he passed out to were for three. Uh, and so I think everybody's kind of starting to get it. If you beat your guy and break the paint um, or come off a ball screen and can get deep, you've got shooters everywhere. And it's a real nightmare for opponents to guard. There you go. That was Tim Lacombe. With Hanson Scotty, um, I think uh, one thing that uh, Tim hit on, and he's hit on it a bunch, Gordon, in, in pre-half and post, the the shot selection of the Jazz, and and this plays into something that that you talked about as far as efficiency goes in Donovan Mitchell's game, but it applies, I think, to to the whole team really, is they carve out the bad shots. You know, Jordan Clarkson has said it a couple of times in in post games. He's he's taken shots out of his game, and we don't think of stuff like that like that, right? You want to add shots to your game. Well, they're taking shots out of their game, and it's it's actually had a really big time impact on how well the Jazz are playing because you know here's where the math nerds are right. You know, Jeff Malone's uh, sideways fade long two is a terrible shot. <laughs> and it, it was then, despite how many uh, Jeff made. But now they, they figure it out. If you can get you know, high percentage shots in the paint or threes, those, that's where you should be shooting. And the, the Jazz, you can see it. They, they've really carved out bad shots. So, so <laughs> that's an interesting point, Jake, because when, how often do you see the Jazz take a bad shot anymore? It's not that often, not recently yeah, anyway. I understand that sometimes the, the clock gets short and they got to come up with something. But I think on the whole, the only guy I see who who takes questionable shots at times is a guy who can make them, and that's Jordan Clarkson. Seems like most of the other guys are – and even Jordan. Is car- being, yes, he's carved out a bunch of that. Yeah, is being – they're being patient. How many times have you seen guys pass up a shot – uh, and by by delivering the ball to someone else, and then that guy delivers the ball to someone else, and then the shot goes up. Well, you know the the most noticeable person who's doing that, and this is really really interesting, is Rudy. 
if you'll notice, he gets the ball on the pick and roll. And in the past, when there's been a guy between he and the basket, it would be some sort of an awkward attempt at a at a at a shot. And Rudy's done a terrific job of passing that ball out to the corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I give him a lot of credit because that's something he's added to his game, where he's taken out you know a couple of bad shot attempts and is is willing to be unselfish and pass that ball along. So Rudy, actually, of all people, I think is the best example of what you're talking about there. Well, I'll concur with you in that you see it happen every once in a while, but not very, not on the reg. Nope. And that message has come through to those players, and it's very much on their minds. And sometimes you see guys pass up a better shot to pass it to someone else, but eventually, it seems like more often than not, that ball movement clear somebody open for a shot and it's not even like they have to wait because sometimes you see those shots come early in the shot clock and the guys that message has also gotten through to him how many times have you seen mike conley stop and pop because he's 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 open and he should yeah it's not like it's not like something out of hoosers where you gotta okay you gotta pass it seven times before you put up the shot now if you've got a great shot go ahead you've got the green light to do that but uh, a good shot's a good shot, and the Jazz are seeking them out. But if it comes early, then they'll take that too, and uh, hence uh, they're getting up more shots. Here, I've got to let me let me try and find this stat. Now that you brought up Mike Conley, um, we should be talking about him more probably. The way yeah, I agree with that. I, um, yeah, hold, I, I I agree with you completely. Do you have the stat? Yeah, yeah. Hold on one sec here. So Mike Conley was a career high plus forty against the Warriors in the plus minus. Um, his previous career high was plus 32, but even more impressive, uh, he Mike Conley over the last six games, Gordon is plus 154. Hmm. That is that is wild. Plus 154. That's incredible over a, a six game stretch. The Jazz have been um, a different team when he's been on the floor. That is. You know, when you say it like that, Jake, I think it's, is it is it justified for me to say that the player who has made the most progress this year has been Mike Conley? See, I don't know. Progress is a funny word, right? Because you, you picture, you know, the, the rookie making progress before mm-hmm. his second season. I don't know if Mike has gotten any better, per se, as a basketball player. I just think he identified what this team needed and it has adjusted his game accordingly. I consider that progress. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. That's why I say when I hear the word progress, I picture like somebody getting better. It, it'd be almost like Gordon if you were asked to take a different role at the Tribune, maybe one that you have. I don't know, writing the gardening section or something like that. You know, you wouldn't necessarily become a better writer. You would just figure out a way to apply how good you are to that area. You know what I mean? And I think that's what what Mike's done. He's been asked to play a different role, and I think it took him a minute to identify what the team needed and how he could facilitate that, and I think he's figured it out. Not only that, Jake, but he has become a steadying force. Have you noticed times when when the Jazz will bring the ball down the floor and uh, let's say on three possessions – uh, maybe they didn't work out so well, their turnovers or whatever. It seems like when that happens, Mike is aware of it and steadies it, and uh, either by taking a really smart shot himself or setting up one of his teammates. I, I think we've seen him do both of those things rather effectively. Yeah. 
I agree. But it, and, it's and almost it, like it's not just him doing it willy-nilly. He does it when the team needs him to do it. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. He's done he's done a really great job. And we knew he was going to he was a great locker room guy, right? I mean that that has been a constant throughout all of this that he he is a team guy. He's easy to get along with. Um it's not we we shouldn't be surprised that he has that steadying influence because I think he's been that all all along. It just he, his game needed to adjust. I'm I'm more surprised by the time it took him to adjust last year than I am by his ability to make the adjustment this year. This is what I I thought he was capable of. But, Jake, in all honesty, at one point last season, I remember you and me looking at each other going, eh, I don't know. Right. You know, I, I just don't know. And uh, we've seen clear evidence that that was the aberration, not what he's doing now. So we're seeing it. We're seeing it kind of come together. You, you hope they can sustain it at a, at a high level. I don't think, again, to go back to what we talked about earlier in the show, I don't think it's possible to to play at this level because they've won eight in a row and they will lose again. I assure you. But um, yeah. pretty impressive. Let's let's move on to you the- know one, one other thing that I'll reveal, and I don't think Quinn would mind me saying this, but a number of years ago, I remember having a conversation with him. And he was pleading, pleading for an effective point guard. And he wasn't necessarily pleading for a different point guard, but he was pleading for his point guard to play really well. Well, that's what he's got now. And uh, you're seeing the Jazz perform at an offensive level that is impressive. And not only that, but at the defensive end, when you were talking about, when you were giving all those stats about how the Jazz are preventing certain kinds of shots, I think uh, I think uh, Mike Conley deserves a, a, a decent amount of the credit for that because they have put him in some tough defensive situations, and it seems like he's coming through much more consistently in that regard as well. Let's move on to DJ and PK. Oh, we got to talk NFL again? <laughs> Please. Oh, like I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, they had Jason Cole <laughs> did the, on. Did the dog, did Lucy get run over? <laughs> Jason Cole covers the NFL as for a long time. <laughs> they brought him on to talk uh, early Super Bowl preview. I don't want to overlook the fact that the Bucks played well enough to win the game because that's the most important thing. But Brady threw three picks. The defense got beat deep. Evans had a glaring drop. Other guys had drops as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. that, that was not even close to a perfect game, but it was good enough mm-hmm. to win at Lambeau Field. So let's give him credit for that. But don't they have to play much better to beat the Chiefs? Oh, yeah. They have to play a perfect game to beat the Chiefs. No, the, Chiefs are, the Chiefs are absurdly better than everybody else. Like They've been sleepwalking for the past like three months through this season. You know, yesterday was an example of them playing one of their sharper games. And it's probably the sharpest game that they have played since that was that Monday night game. This season's such a blur. It's hard to remember. The Monday night game against Baltimore, where they went into Baltimore and they said, oh, yeah, that, that Lamar Jackson stuff, that, that's cute. Um, this is how we really play football. Um, and they just destroyed the Ravens. And then, again, Sleepwalk through the rest of the season. You know, a couple of bad, you know, kind of ugly games against the Raiders because Gruden gets geeked up about it. Atlanta, they barely get by. You know, all these, you know, they the Dolphins game, they're behind early, and then they go on a spree, take control of the game, and then Dolphins come back. Like, it's one game after another where you're like, that's not a sharp football team. Yesterday was a sharp football team. 
um, with the exception of the of the you know the botched um, you know punt by you know by Hardman, which you know gave away a touchdown. They played really incredible football yesterday and, and really precise. So to get back to your point, does Tampa have a, a great chance in this game? No, I think that at best they probably win one out of five times. If if you're if those teams played five times, you'd get maybe one Buccaneer victory. That's how much better the Chiefs are. The question is, is that one going to happen on Super Bowl Sunday? It could. You know, like Shaq Barrett and JPP could present a problem for the offensive tackles for the Chiefs, right, and really hem in Mahomes and force him to do some different things and keep him in the pocket and keep him from escaping. That, that seriously could happen. You know, uh, Vita Vea was, was terrific, I thought, crashing the pocket. So I saw some things that can give Mahomes problems. But, look, they got the, the Chiefs have the best quarterback in the league. They have the best wide receiver in the league. They have the best tight end by far in the league, right? And then they have the best coach in the league right now um, who's still in the playoffs. I mean, Belichick's the only guy who's, who can match wits with Andy Reid at this point in time. So you have, you have those four things going into a Super Bowl. You're an overwhelming favorite. So you speak of Andy Reid, best coach that's still coaching in the postseason. I don't think anybody would argue on that. I read a stat where he's 62, and if you compare Belichick at 62, Andy Reid, I think, had like five more wins. He seems to be having the time of his life coaching the Chiefs right now, and at 62 he's been doing it for a while, but the point being that it doesn't look like he's interested in stepping aside. Uh, (laughs) Where's Andy Reid going with this? Going back to work tomorrow, <laughs> but I'm talking legacy, <laughs> legacy wise. Well, legacy wise, I mean, look, if you win back to back Super Bowls, I mean, you know, but like, I think he's already. I'm a Hall of Fame selector. If you put uh, Andy Reid in front of me, yeah, I'd want to make sure I heard the arguments through and double checked it and compare him to everybody and stuff like that. But like, I think he's a Hall of Fame coach, right? I think he's, I think he's there, um, and I don't think the debate is very long. It's just like again sort of dotting I's crossing T's to make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at everything correctly. Cause I haven't really studied the case or studied the other coaches who went in the hall of fame right away. So I think it's a little, it's a little bit, um, you know, it's not quite done, but if he wins a back-to-back Super Bowl, then like, there's no more, there's no more debate. And I think that there is, as you said, like he's 62, but this is, this is his purpose in life. This is what he loves to do. I mean, he still wakes up at 345 in the morning or whatever ungodly hour because he wants to get to work. Um, you know, he, he's the guy who in Philadelphia was pulling all-nighters all the time and enjoying it, like not doing it because there was this sort of George Patton, blood and guts, this is what we do mentality. You know, uh, you know, I've talked to Juan Castillo, who's his longtime offensive line coach in, in Philadelphia, and he talked about, you know, Andy would come in at midnight or one o'clock in the morning, grab a, a fistful of corn nuts from uh, from you know Juan's stash of corn nuts, and they'd sit there and they'd just kind of BS for fifteen or twenty minutes. They'd start talking ball, and Andy would get a little smile on his face and go, "Hey, Juan, want to pull an all nighter?" And they would just stay there the entire time and just. You know, this is this is his passion. This is what uh, he was born to do. I don't think there's any drudgery to it. He never gets tired of it, and he's a very unique 
human being in that way because it is pure joy for him. All right, that was Jason Cole uh, from DJ and PK this morning. And, yeah, you know, talking about his last uh, point there, you know, Andy Reid now has has absolutely solidified himself as one of the best coaches to do it. Um, I don't know if it if it had to have that Super Bowl tag to really cement it home, and certainly if he does it two times in a row. But, you know, he's been an amazing coach for a long time. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I think uh, I can't think – of a coach other than Belichick that is uh, more widely respected than Andy Reid. Uh, and look at this coaching tree, too. I mean, it's – I thought it was interesting. Uh, did you hear, was it Jim Nance that gave uh, Andy Reid uh, – actually, Lavelle Edwards credit for his influence on La- Andy Reid. That was that was nice to hear. Well, Andy – or uh, Lavelle talked about it on Football Fridays that Andy would text him every single week. Mm-hmm. Which I I always thought was cool, yeah. I mean, if yeah. you have a, if you had a resource like Lavelle Edwards that that you know you could pick his brain, wouldn't you do it? <laughs> uh, that seemed so cool to me. Like Andy's like, okay, well, uh, I'm tackling this issue this week going into this opponent. Who could give me a hand on this? I don't know. Let me text Lavelle Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. Uh... Those, uh, remember where you came from, man. All right, it is the big show. Stay tuned. We're going to play Quinn Snyder's media availability coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. We'll continue to talk jazz. And can we ignore the NFL for the rest of the show? We've got Mike Conley sound. We've got Rudy Gobert sound. So we've reached our our quota for depressing NFL conversation. Coach Chiesa at 5. Ah, Coach Chiesa at 5. Coach being Jim Boylan-esque at 5.30. Yeah. We've done the NFL. You know who's not going to talk NFL with us? Coach Chiesa. Right. I'm going to ask him now. No. Why would we have an NBA coach on to talk NFL? That doesn't make any sense. Because don't don't waste our listeners' time with, <laughs> with NFL questions to an NBA coach. You know, the beautiful thing about it is that we're going to be talking about this every day for the next couple of weeks. Oh. Every single You may day. as well ask Donovan Mitchell about Louisville's offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's that's a, that's a, a you deep dive on that he, joke. I love that, you, guy. Yeah, no, no. That was no, awesome. No, he, he, would have, he would have an opinion. <laughs> You know, I, I we have to see Tom Brady at another media day, which is a stupid, ridiculous event to begin I with. I hadn't thought of that. Oh, but it'll be different this year because of the because of the Rona. Oh, thank you. It, yeah, it'll be like more virtual. It will be less of a circus, less wedding dresses and yeah, super that, that sort Captain America, but still Baba Louie or whatever. But still, Tom Brady, the oh. most fortunate person oh. on earth. This is going to be the most beautiful next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, because you guys, are, you're, you're making yourselves miserable. But because you are, then I'm going to do to you what you do to other people and make the other people feel bad about their problem. And it's your problem that you hate so much. And actually, this could be therapeutic for you. You need this a map to get through. Yeah, I'm so we confused could, we could, right we now. We could drag you through this whole process, and you might, you might be happier for the Super Bowl. Just pick the Chiefs right now, and then we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> Jake. Jake. What? What did you say earlier that you're going to – it looks like the Scott family is going to be watching uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse on <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe, maybe mix in a little Eleanor Wonders Why. <laughs> 
maybe a little maybe a little curious George in there. I I personally impartial to Sesame Street, but my my daughter has not latched onto that as much as I would have liked. Has she ever seen Super Wings? No. That's a great. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Pretty good. Super Wings. She'll love it. You'll hate it. Okay. But it's great. Well, I I can't say that I'm enjoying any of this programming, but you know, I'll make it happen. It's all right. Yeah, it's a, it's a South <laughs> Korean-made production. Really? About these uh, airplanes that are also kind of like transformers that they deliver packages to people in different countries. You learn about their language, their cultures, and then there's a problem that the Super Wings team then all flies in and helps them get out of the, the sticky is situation. It, uh, is it subtitled? Because she's not there no, yet. No, it's all in English. It's just made by South Korean a TV company. Tried to show her a, a, a French noir film the other day, and she just... <laughs> You just didn't quite grasp it. You know, fellas, you don't have to you don't have to think this way. You know? What way? You're, you're, what are you talking about? What do you have against super wigs? Yeah. No, you're doing this to yourself. Why not think, oh wow, I can't wait for the Super Bowl. The two best teams in football, the best two football teams in the world facing off in Tampa. I don't can't like wait. either team. Why would what? I look forward to watching them play? That just means that I uh, some, one of them is going to win. I don't want to see that. <laughs> so you're so you're not going to watch this. So Super it's Bowl. Mickey Mouse Come Clubhouse on. for me, man. Get out of here. What do you mean, get you, out of here? You got to watch it for your job. Yeah. Well, there will be highlights on YouTube. <laughs> I'll read the I'll read the write up in the Watchdog the next day. Here's the thing, though. You have control over this. You know. Uh, want to remind you? You, can, you can control this. You can enjoy this. You can choose to enjoy it. I choose to not. I uh, want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Uh, check out their New Year's special. Going on now, save $1,000 off normal pricing uh, now through the end of January. Check them out, davisvisionmd.com. That's davisvisionmd.com. We'll have more straight ahead on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tell you what. Exploring CNC Music Factory's catalog today has, has been really a, a, a nice treat. <laughs> Got to do the cabbage patch to something like this. No, just, just, just let your body go. It's all right. I'm picturing Gordon in his bedroom uh, in uh, with the headset on in his open bathrobe, uh, just grooving right Doing now. the sprinkler? Yeah. Tidy whities and all the glory. Kind of like, uh, what movie was that? Risky, risky Business. Risky Business. <laughs> Sliding through. No, Gordon? Is that not what's happening? Oh, I, I don't want to tell you what's happening, but it's good. <laughs> but it's good by whose, by whose judgment? Yours? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well put, David James. Uh, all right. Hey, Gordon, uh, we talked a lot about Mike Conley in the last segment. Let's get to his availability today. 
Um, Jazz had practice, uh, had media availability after. We've got a bunch of sound. We're going to play it throughout the show. Uh, Quinn Snyder will play his at 4 o'clock. But let's listen to Mike Conley's and uh, what he had to say today. All right, we'll get rolling with Ryan Miller, KSL. Hey, Mike, I actually wanted to talk to you about Two Distant Strangers. Um, How did you get involved as an executive producer, and what about the film made you want to back it? Well, um, yeah, man, um, I got approached by a good friend of mine, and um, uh, Samir Samir Hernandez, who uh, worked with Jordan Brand for a little bit and now is off uh, doing different endeavors. And um, he approached me with... um, the story and just the script and um got to get on a call with uh trevon the, the producer and um really just kind of hit home with what's going on in our world today and um, in our society and and in the eyes of a uh, african-american um and, and what you know our relationship could be a lot of times has been um with the police so um it's a it's a great story it's, it just hits a lot of a lot of key points and um, i just wanted to be involved in any way i could Next up, we'll go Chris and Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Mike, when you rewatch that film on the Knicks or look at kind of what they've been doing since then, what stands out to you the most? Um, you know, back then when we played them in New York, they they really just were the more aggressive team and, um, you know, really just seemed like they wanted it more than we did. And defensively, they turned up a notch. Offensively, they were they played free and, and loose and and all those things that we took away from that game, I think, um, directly have impacted us going forward. Uh, we've we've you know kind of changed our mentality and changed the way we approach the game, changed the way we um, you know go through different points in games where, where teams do make a run against us. We're able to to bounce back really quickly and and not dwell on mistakes or turnovers or different situations. So um, that game really you know kind of. It gave us an outlook on who we who who we wanted to be, and um, I think we've we've uh, done a good job of trying to approach that the right way. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Mike. We were just talking to Quinn about kind of how we frequently talk about how the Jazz are are such a different animal for you offensively than the Grizzlies were, but. We don't frequently address, you know, how it's different defensively. Can you just kind of take us through, like, what some of the biggest defensive adjustments have been for you uh, in terms of how you play here? And and also, you know, what have you been seeing out of this defense during this winning streak that's that's kind of, uh, you know, made the win streak possible, I guess? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it had a lot of similarities, and, and there are a lot of differences defensively, but um, both – we got to play with two defensive players of the year, uh, you know, big men and Marcus saw and, and Rudy and, and, um, in Memphis, we, we did a lot more helping, uh, from our guards and, um, a lot more, I felt like a lot more roaming, a lot more Xing and on the weak side, um, in which we, you know, for, as a guard, you are always kind of involved in it. And now, now being here in, uh, in Salt Lake, you know, you, you, with Rudy down there, you don't have to help as much. You don't have to, uh, I think we've we've a lot of us have been guilty of, of overhelping in situations, and those are things that I was guilty of all last year and even early this season, just just overhelping me because I'm still so used to having to be the guy to help, but not realizing, you know, you still have that seven footer back there who we're trying to funnel everything towards. So um, that's been the biggest thing. And then what we've been doing good right now is just we've been really really doing a good job of communicating, uh, being connected, 
um, the guy on the ball, the, the, the guy guarding the screener and pick and rolls have really been connected. Uh, guys are flying all over the place. You know, we're creating turnovers and opportunities for us offensively. So you know, he's got to continue to to keep that mindset. There was Mike Conley right there, 97.5 and 1280 zone. Gordon, that last answer I think is, is absolutely fascinating because we've seen Mike play some really good defense. And what he was saying right there, I'm glad we're having Coach Chiesa on at 5 o'clock because we always hear Coach say, help the helper. You know, he's, he's talked about yeah. that a lot. He, Mike, what he's saying right there is, you know, I was helping too much. Rudy's so good. He, he doesn't need the help. You know, stay home. It it's interesting. We don't think of those types of adjustments because playing with Rudy is he's very unique. There's not another Rudy on the planet, and that no. that's an interesting adjustment to hear him talk about. Yeah, but when he has to step up to to to, <laughs> to block the path of another of a teammate's man, then yeah, then someone does have to help Rudy. Uh, but uh, it's. Mike Conley seems to have put it all together. I mean, he's understood. He's a smart guy. He's understood what Quinn wants at both ends of the floor. And, uh, and and it seems to me that most of the team seems to understand that at this point, based on what I'm seeing. Uh, not whether that's sustainable. Uh, you would think it would be. Once once a group understands something, then you think they'd be able to always understand it. Right, but I mean – understanding and executing it are, are two separate things. Of Especially course. when you're going up against a team like the Lakers. Now suddenly that understanding gets a little more clouded. Right, right. And and there are other teams out there like that too. Um, you know, the Bucks, of course, which the Jazz played really well. The, the, the Jazz are a bad matchup for the Bucks. Seems like they always play them tough. But, you know, there's some really good teams out there, of course, that would are capable of giving the Jazz uh, issues. But... You know, it's looked really good so far. Who do you think? Who do you think is the worst matchup for the Jazz now? Still, probably the Lakers. Maybe the Clippers. Yeah. Long, athletic teams that can switch a lot. We used to say that about the uh, about the Rockets back in the day. Right, because they they played that defense. That's what they wanted to do. The Warriors, the uh, the Warriors, when they had that you know death lineup or whatever, they were really good at that. Well. Yeah, well, we'll see how it goes. I, I need this is where you see the Jazz playing so well, and they did beat the Clippers. But I, I, I want I want to see a matchup against tough teams. Uh, that, this is uh, this is a time for, as we talked about earlier for them to improve. But as far as drawing conclusions of whether this team is capable of what Steve Kerr said, and I respect Steve Kerr's opinion that they can, they are aiming for a championship that they that uh, they are like his old warrior teams. But I I, <laughs> I want to see him play the Lakers. I want to see how it holds up against those kinds of players. I, 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 I'm not completely convinced yet, but I think there are very positive trends for the Utah Jazz. Well, I think they've beaten some good teams so far this year, Gordon. You remember they've only played 16 games. And they have they beat, wins. They beat the Bucks. They beat the Clippers. Here, I, I've got they it in front of me. They, okay. they get wins over the Blazers, the Clippers, who I would consider a good team. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm putting the Spurs there. The Bucks, of course. Um, the Nuggets, I'd put into the good team. Are you putting the Pelicans into a good team or no? Well, it's a talented team. What about the Warriors? I, I don't think I would put them there yet. What about the Warriors? Tweener. So I think they've got four or five good wins. Um, mm-hmm. so far in, in their 16 games. So 
I hear you. And, and right now they only have one game total scheduled against the Lakers, right? And it's next month sometime, I think. So, I mean, you can't play the Lakers every night. It, it, it's almost as though the Lakers are the standard by which every team needs to be measured these days. Well, they're only a half game back of them. Yep. And they waxed and the they team be, that and, beat, the, beat the Lakers a couple of nights ago. And they would be tied with them had they had the opportunity to finish their road trip at Washington. You would think so. Yep. So right now they're comparing favorably to the Lakers. They are. And what uh, I'll go back to what Austin said earlier in the show when he was talking about what he tweeted out that Steve Kerr said. Steve Kerr said this team is reminiscent of the great Warriors teams. I know, but Jake, that, I, I, you, you think that's just playing to your audience? I listening to opposing. It's the Lou Holtz thing. Every team you're playing is the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> so you think he was being uh, I don't know, maybe disingenuous. He, maybe he has that opinion, but you know as well as I do that head coaches go out of their way to be ultra complimentary to uh, the other team. Hmm. I remember I, I covered that, uh, the Jazz team with uh, what uh, um, the first year with Booz and Memo where they won, what was it, like 23 games, 24 games, something like that, Gordon. And I covered the visiting locker room that year for the station. And yeah. every single opposing head coach would say, well, you know, it's a, it's a tough place to play. You come in here and you know you're going to get an uberly physical jazz team, you know, after they've won by 20. And it was like, you know, that was true. <laughs> but that that wasn't necessarily true about that particular squad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I don't know. I just opposing coaches oftentimes, particularly before they play, go out of their way to be ultra complimentary of their opponent. I guess uh, it would be harder to believe what he's saying if we hadn't seen the Jazz play so well of late. I mean, that, those two things kind of join up at the hip and make it uh, seem a little more genuine. Uh, but but that's well, where and- you learn. Yeah, that's where you learn about a team moving forward, uh, whether it can keep on playing like this. But I'm not expecting the Jazz to win every night. They're going to lose some of these games. But will they be consistent in the way they play? They're going to have some off nights, as we've talked about with their shooting, because sometimes those shots don't drop. Uh, but, uh, if, if okay, let's say they lose a game here or there. But we can still see uh, the general trend upward. And, yeah. Here's here's where I'll, I'll give Steve some some credibility from his comments. Th- this version of the Jazz is playing a lot like those Warriors team offensively, not not in their effectiveness, but in their style. Mm-hmm. It it is similar to what they were doing on some of those teams. So, all right, we'll get to more coming but up. Next. Are, but but I'll go back to one last thing, Jake. The, the Jazz are ranked in the top five in both offensive and defensive ratings, and that, that usually that stat doesn't lie. All right, we'll get to more straight ahead. Stay tuned. Quinn Snyder at 4. We'll play his media availability then. Gordy Chiesa, our good friend, the coach, at 5 o'clock. Stay tuned. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You're locked.
Locked On to the Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for a trydaytrading.com market update. We're going to try and and spice it up a little bit, but let's start out with the update, and then we'll tell you what we're going to do. All right, I have no clue what you're going to do. Is that something that should make me nervous? We just talked about it during the break. Jake, this is radio. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I thought you were being serious, too. I'd be very nervous. How long have you been... (laughs) All right, uh, let me give you the update. <laughs> Sorry. That is something you would do, though, Gordo. I know. <laughs> what? Not listen to me. Oh, well. Uh, hey, don't tell me I don't <laughs> listen to you. It's <laughs> the right. other guy who doesn't listen to you. Yeah. All right, uh, I'll give you the bad news first. The Dow was down nearly 37 points uh, today. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that's that's sustain. I mean, that's sort of withstandable. The Nasdaq was up uh, ninety, almost ninety-three points, and the S and P up nearly fourteen points. All right, so here is what we've decided to do to to kind of spice it up. Is uh, uh, I used to really enjoy um, a, a segment on the Saturday show, uh, an Austin Horton joint years ago. What was uh, what was that? Love it or hate it. Yeah, love it or hate it. And where, refs behaving badly. And refs but, behaving yeah. badly. Where where that show really captured the mood <laughs> with with some drops. So we figured we're gonna we're gonna come in and capture the mood of the market of the day. And Austin's gonna kind of put together how we feel about it. Let's let's give it a shot. Woohoo! 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 Pierce nipples. Uh, Whoopity doo! All right, we're feeling good. Two out of the three are up. That's funny. I meant to cut out a part of one of those. The, nip, the nipples part? <laughs> I just wanted the woohoo, but. <laughs> but woohoo! 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 Pierce nipples! <laughs> hey! What, uh, what in the markets would, uh, would re- properly reflect Pierce nipples? That sounds like a trap. Does sound like a trap. Although. Just wondering. What in the market? Like, like what company? Yeah, what would what? tungsten no. steel? No. <laughs> no. What would have to happen in any of the markets in order to justify that drop? So, what in the market would make Austin feel as good as his nipple piercing? <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! Pierce nipples. He's the one that played it, not me. Uh, I saw Qualtrics is going public soon. That could be on there. There you go. Woohoo! Pierce nipples. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever anything really good happens on our show, you're going to play that drop now? I doubt it. No, th- this is there will be a fresh good or bad drop montage based on how yeah, the market based goes. based on how it went. So awesome. That montage you just heard, you'll never hear again. Right. He's got a, 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 a treasure trove of, uh, of great drops. So we'll get, okay. we'll get new. We just thought we'd, you know. Spice it up a little bit. Maybe have a couple of laughs. Uh, the market update is brought to you by our friends at TryDayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TryDayTrading.com. We're going to hear from Quinn Snyder coming up right around the corner, so make sure and stay tuned for that. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to say also a big thank you to the title sponsor of the big show, 
That would be Big O. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O tires and save up to $150 off a set of Big O brand tires today. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Pierce nipples! There. That's better. Actually, when I got my snow tires at Big O and saw the price, I did say. Woohoo! Pierce nipples! You did it right was, there to a very amazing. to a very confused sales rep. Yeah, they were a little like, okay. <laughs> oh, uh, didn't need to know that. I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Woohoo! Pierce nipples! All right, stay tuned. We'll get Coach oh, Snyder's uh, media availability next 97.5 and 1280 the zone.